as Jesus was breaking bread, they suddenly recognized, wait, this is Jesus. And, and they said, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with this on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And, and so what I call an Emmaus walk is, is something that I think we should do often. Every leader faces challenges on a daily basis. And the way we navigate those challenges can make a deep and lasting impact for time and eternity. We're helping leaders discover practical tools based on biblical principles and helping you create like-minded communities who will walk with you as you lead your organization to health. Welcome to the Healthy Leaders Podcast. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm your host, Peter Hartzell. I'm so excited to be with you today. Today, we are talking about the Emmaus Walk, the road to Emmaus, and what is an Emmaus Walk. Today, Phil and I are coming to you from Colorado Springs. Uh, we are here on a fun trip to kind of, we're calling it a summit, I guess, and we're planning and dreaming and um, meeting and recording podcasts together in person. And it's very exciting. And so we took a walk, an Emmaus walk this morning in the frigid 25 degree or 20 degree weather. It started snowing on us and we had a fantastic time uh, conversing. Uh, and, and, and we got lost. And we did get lost. Yeah. yeah it, trusting. It was supposed to be a half hour walk. It turned into about a 90 minute walk. <laughs> but the Emmaus walk is, it, it's something that I'm not super familiar with, but it's something that Phil, you have a lot of experience doing with, with people in your life. Yeah. So I, it's something we came up with when Jesus, like right after it comes from, was it Luke 24? Luke 24. Yeah. Like right after Jesus died, and then he came back, but not everyone had seen him. So I don't want to bore people with just, just reading the whole context because we're not preaching a sermon. We're talking about doing life. Doing life. And so um, there were two, two people walking to Emmaus. It was about a seven-mile walk, which would have taken at three, three and a half miles an hour, roughly two hours. So we actually did. We were close. We got close. And they're walking along and they were talking about what had happened. And, and they were uh, talking about Jesus. And Jesus suddenly showed up and he's walking with them. But they didn't recognize him. So here they are walking together. And Jesus said, what are you talking about? What, 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 why are you so intense? <laughs> and so they were sad and they said, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here the last few days. <laughs> and Jesus said, what things? And so then they, they explained Jesus. We, he came, he, he did miracles, he loved us, he was mighty, and, and here was a man that showed us what love looked like and what God looked like. And our leaders, our, our religious leaders, our government leaders, they, they condemned him to death. They crucified him, they killed him. Hmm. And so we're confused. We don't have a clue what's going on. And so they go on and they talk about some more of the things they said. And you know what else? We put him in a tomb and his body's missing. <laughs> so they were clueless. They didn't know what was going on. And then Jesus said, uh, you foolish people, you find it hard to believe that the pro what the prophets wrote. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer before entering his glory? So then Jesus, in this whatever it was, two-hour walk, took them through the writings of Moses and the prophets, and he explained uh, 
himself. He explained Jesus through the scriptures. And, and as they got to Emmaus, at the end of the journey, Jesus acted like he was going to go on, but they invited him to stay. So they came for bread. And as Jesus was breaking bread, they suddenly recognized, wait, this is Jesus. Yeah. And so, and, and they said, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with this on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And, and so what I call an Emmaus walk is, is something that I think we should do often. And, and that, that is it's just two of us, three of us, whatever, just go take a walk. And just getting out in nature mm-hmm. helps a lot. Yeah. Getting the fresh air and just get to, just, just invite Jesus into the walk with us. And so we, we just say, Holy Spirit, what do you want us to talk about? And we invite him in, and we talked about things that I didn't know what we were going to talk about. Right. And Peter started sharing some struggles that were going on in his life. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if we were going to talk about my struggles. Mm-hmm. And the important thing is in the Emmaus walk is to be conscious of Jesus' presence because he said that where two or three are, he is there. Right. And so, and then the other thing to me that's important is that we reach up for scriptures. So I was taking an Emmaus walk with a friend of mine, Lister, and my wife had been in Hawaii with my daughter, Gloria, for six weeks. I was a bachelor for six weeks. Gloria was uh, recovering from her sixth round of cancer. It, it was really bad, and, and by, by my wife being with her, it, it just, in the love she got and the care, she was able to turn it around. And here I am running a business, struggling with the business, just the normal struggles of business and family. And so I'm the warrior in the battlefront and I'm coming down to Hawaii. I was getting ready to go see her. And in my mind, I'm going to, I'm going, okay, here I am the warrior returned from battle. (laughs) I'm coming to take over. Yep. I'm taking charge now. So here I am. And, and somebody, it was through actually through another meeting. uh, Somebody helped me understand through actually observing him, that, wait a minute, they've been down there and they've had to keep this environment as still and quiet and sacred as they can. And if I come in and do that, I could actually blow the thing up. Yeah, right. So I didn't know what to do. I'm battle-worn. I'm so longing to see my wife. I want to be with Gloria. And man, I mean, it was intense. Hmm. And so Lister and I are walking and I'm opening this up to him. And I said, so what does my entry look like coming down there? If it doesn't look like I'm coming down like I'm the soldier returning home and I'm a hero, what does it look like? And Lister reached up. I said, is there any example in the Bible of re-entry and what it's supposed to look like? And Lister reached up. Just It, just, it was like we were asking God, is there anything? And he said, well, what about when Jesus right after he rose from the dead, right when he, right after he was killed and when he came back. And, and we didn't know. We said, well, let's explore it. We don't know if this is the right path or not. We said, let's explore this thing. And, and so as we explored it and got deeper, we go, yeah, Jesus had just been through a lot of suffering, way more than I went through in business, but it was suffering. He was a soldier. And when he came back, 
he didn't come back and want to talk about what he'd just been through. He came back and entered our world, and he brought peace, and he said, I still love you. He was still a servant, even though he had gone through all of that. And so the Lord showed me that I need to go down there not as a warrior coming home as a hero, and here I am, and I'm going to take charge, but more come into their world gently, and how can I serve you? So I'm saying that to say this. That might be a great lesson, and I'm sure that preaches, and that might reach some of you. But the important thing is to take that Emmaus walk together, because in that Emmaus walk, you're going to get those revelations and, and Lister and my hearts were burning in us because we could sense the presence of Jesus ministering to us. And so Peter and I just took an Emmaus walk, and we're not going to tell you what we got into because that's between us and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing when you take that Emmaus walk is that it's between you, each other, and Jesus. And one thing that I think is important, but maybe not, but I think it's really important that as you're taking the Emmaus walk and you're processing these struggles, that you allow the other person to talk and really extract out what's going on inside. And then you reach up to heaven, reach up to the Holy Spirit for scriptures. And so it just happened, which we know that these are not happenstances, but it just happened that there were some scriptures that I knew that I had recently processed that could help fill in the puzzle for what Peter was struggling with, mm-hmm. which is how, how the Holy Spirit works. You're going through a struggle, and you're transparent with somebody, and it just happens that they're going through something or they've been through something similar. But to me, it's really important that you bring the Word of God in. Otherwise, you're going to just give your best advice. Right. And your best advice is it might work for a short time, but bring the word of God in and, and then say, this is how it worked for me. And then just give the other person the freedom. And I'll tell you, it's just uh, getting out in nature. You know, the doctor will tell you, get out in nature, get some fresh air, mm-hmm. take a walk, get oxygenated. Walking is good for you. So it's all, I, I think the doctor would agree with it. I think it, it just it just makes total sense across the board. So I, I want to encourage all of you, whether uh, in your marriage, in, in, your, uh, in your parent-child relationships, is to find a few people that you can take these Emmaus walks with. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's gonna, you're going to have uh, an amazing spiritual afterglow afterwards. Mm. I just I met with a young man who I've been mentoring, and I, I teach people to go from being Bible readers to Jesus followers. And so we just got Jesus in the middle of the conversation. And, and then we met again a couple months later. He said, you know, I had a, a spiritual afterglow that felt like the presence of Jesus for, that went on for weeks after we met together. And, and that only happens not when you meet with somebody who's got great charisma. Because if you would know me, I don't have great charisma. I'm not a very tactful person. But it, it happens when we invite Jesus into the conversation as the center of the conversation. So, so take that, take that Emmaus walk. I, I think too, uh, for me thinking about this, uh, you know, that's something that my wife and I can do when we have time to just pull away for a little bit and, and go on a walk and 
process things that, I mean, we do this all the time in our daily life, in our, you know, conversation around the dinner table, or once we put the kids down for bed, we'll, we'll, you know, sit and talk through things that we're wrestling with and challenges. But there is something about getting outside of the normal rhythm and going to a different place, going to, I mean, when you're out on a walk, you don't know what you're going to encounter. You might get, you might get someone that tries to run you off the road. <laughs> you might, uh, you might encounter uh, some animals. Um, you might encounter a snowstorm. <laughs> it, or you might encounter somebody along the way that yeah. speaks something that yeah. is just what you needed to hear that moment. Yeah, a stranger that's walking the other way. Could, you, could, you could come across. And, and, you know, in fact, it's funny that you just mentioned that because we did pass a couple of people and I was kind of halfway thinking, I wonder if that person's going to have something to say that's going to be significant. Um, and we were just talking about, uh, I was, I, I've been reading through this book, um, called angels by Michael Heiser. And he, he's talking about the supernatural realm and, and angels. And he, he had brought up the scripture that talks about entertaining angels unaware that we, that there are times where you may encounter someone and it, it might be an angel and you don't know it. You don't know that that, that encounter is a supernatural encounter. It may feel very natural, you know, if you're listening and your weird meter just went up, yeah, just uh, yeah, move on. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Well, and that, I mean, this you know, the the God is spirit. So mm. if if that if your weird meter went on went off, then maybe that's an area where you need to have an Emmaus walk and and process that too. Um, just love us anyway. Yeah, love us anyways. But but there may be a moment where you encounter someone, and it may be a very natural, like in this experience in Luke 24. These two men had a very natural experience with this person that they were walking with. They didn't know it was Jesus, but they had a very natural, in fact, they even accused him of being a, 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 a numbskull. Are you, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem that has no idea what's going on? Are you seriously, you don't know what just happened? They, they were so focused on their struggle that they didn't recognize Jesus for who he was. And then it was through the revealing of scripture and then the breaking of the bread, ultimately, that they had a revelation or understanding of who he was. So these are very natural. This is a very natural uh, experience, but it has a, a deep supernatural and lasting impact. Yeah. And I think it, I think going out in nature is good, mm -hmm. but you may, may not be able to. Sure. Uh, you might be confined to a bed mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. maybe go to the gym. Yeah. Uh, there, there are ways. Just find a way and do that Emmaus walk. And you don't need to be a theologian to know what to do. Just invite Jesus to, to be there and your heart will burn and you'll have an afterglow. And, and you know, instead of talking about sports and right. talking about what's wrong with people, right. um, watch your speech. This morning I got the word that just to let no unwholesome words escape your lips. Mm. So uh, it's not a time to be backbiting and, mm -hmm. and, and gossiping and bad-mouthing and arguing with each other. Right. It's a time to be processing and seeking God and hungering, hungering for God. I think an uh, interesting thing, we had a meeting yesterday, and uh, Greg made a comment where he said, uh, instead of looking at all the things that we don't like or don't want, let's look at the things that, that we, that are positive that we do want. So uh, in this experience, instead of looking at all the problems and trying to solve all your problems, 
asking the Holy Spirit to reveal, okay, Lord, what, what are the things that need to be worked out? What are the things that you want to do in me? And let's move towards the solution. And, and ultimately that solution is found in scripture. Yesterday we were talking about how, in fact, and we talked about this on the walk too. You can literally open your Bible to anywhere, even Leviticus, put your finger down on any scripture and start reading. And it will always point you back to Christ. So you don't have to be like Phil just said, you don't have to be a theologian. You just have to be hungry and, and, and seeking God and he will reveal himself to you through scripture. That's the way I've discovered. Like when I was working with drug addicts and felons and, Mm -hmm. Uh, people who had no knowledge of the Bible. I had no knowledge of the Bible when I've, I was in my 20s, and the first time I heard the Bible preached, it lit me up inside. And I think to, to some degree, people who have been fed a lot of Bible maybe have a disadvantage because they've got a lot of extra baggage they're carrying, a lot of good baggage they're carrying, but sometimes we need to get rid of our good baggage as well as our, our bad baggage. And just and just come and become a child. Just just get down to that place of innocence and get back in the moment instead of carrying all that around the theology and and all that. Um, like the um, the video, we could put that in the show notes. The video by Alistair Begg. He said that um, uh, it's called the Man in the Middle Cross, and and the the thief who was. Uh, on the cross next to Jesus, he's in heaven, and and the angel asks him, "Well, why are you here? Do you do you understand this doctrine and that doctrine?" And and so the angel, the the man says, "No." So the angel goes and gets his manager and and says, well, "What are you here? What are you here for? How did you get here?" And he just said, "Well, the man in the middle cross said I could come. He invited me to come," and I think. Taking that Emmaus walk helps to clean our brains out. It helps to empty us out and get us back to the simplicity of just walking with Jesus. Hmm. Well, and even in that story too, that the that's interesting because the the two people hanging on either side of Jesus, one mocked and and one chose to join in with the religious zealots who were crucifying Jesus because of who he claimed to be. They didn't believe who he was. And the other guy, he did have some belief. I mean, there the, he he well, was. The another gospel says they both cursed him, so he may have shifted. That's true. Well, and 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 he said to Jesus, "Don't forget me when you're, you know, don't forget me." So maybe he didn't even fully understand what his belief was in. But a at few least minutes later, he was there. At the very least, he understood what he was. That's what, all he had was right. the man in the middle cross said I could come. Right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, uh, if you're a leader, a business leader, and you want to bring Christ in the workplace, you want to bring the Bible and Christ and make that a central priority in your workplace to transform your life and the, the lives of your employees, the people in your uh, under your employ, uh, reach out to us because we would love to give you some resources and have a conversation with you about what that would look like. We're seeing this happen in Boston. We're seeing this in, in Missouri. Um, and there's a few other places where these little campfires are starting to crop up. In uh, Mozambique, Mozambique, Africa. Africa yep. And, and there's just a, it, it's really exciting to see what's happening. I think in this, in this kind of post COVID world where we saw everyone kind of get put into their, their, their homes segregated and, and quarantined. And now people are coming out and realizing the world that 
that we are emerging back into is not the world that we thought we lived in. And you, you can know, pick you can pick up the dark heaviness. Absolutely. Divided government, people are calling in sick more. Yeah. Well, and more people are working remotely too. More wearing people masks are, and yeah. yeah. Separated. So, so we need to provide little sanctuaries. Yeah. Homes and hearts. Mm-hmm. Our heart needs to be a sanctuary that sows peace when there's no peace. Right. Our home needs to be a safe place. Our workplaces. It's it's becoming harder and harder to find. I think the most one of the most positive things, since we're talking about what's good, one of the most positive things that's coming out of this is that more and more people are realizing the status quo doesn't work anymore. The way that things used to be done, I can't just show up to work and do my job and then go home and just kind of ramble on through life. But I need to actually be a little bit more intentional because there's got to be more. There's got to be more to this life than just waking up, eating breakfast, going to work, doing my job, coming home and doing it all. You know, I, I, I spent four years in a group of business people. There were uh, between 12 and 15. Uh, we had about $300 million in revenue, mm. about 2000 employees total. And we met together for an entire day every month mm. talking about how to build a company on the on the Bible and prayer. Yeah. And and we became tremendously successful. Our company quadrupled in size. And but there was one thing that we 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 struggled with that didn't make sense. It's like the Bible works. And I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel, but there's a lot of things if you apply in the Bible they actually like good planning and hard work. Mm-hmm. If you have a good plan before you work hard, mm-hmm. like having a good reputation, like being a servant leader, all those things actually will uh, set you up the best possible su- setup for success in business. And we discovered that. And so, so we started experiencing this tremendous success. And those, uh, some of us drove new cars like I, I, I drove three new Lexuses off the showroom. I bought three over the years. I bought three Lexuses and drove them off the showroom. I've flown first class to Hawaii. Uh, I know what it's like to make a million dollars in a year. And, and we were experiencing, I, I've been in the news, I've won awards, and we're all experiencing this stuff. Another guy in the group, uh, one of his family members became really famous. Mm-hmm. And, and we're, we're going, the, the pursuit of the goal was exciting, but once we got to the goal, it was like, ma. Right. And so we go, so what is life? Mm-hmm. And, and we couldn't really answer that. Mm-hmm. And I'm still wrestling with that question. Sure. I've, I've been in poverty. I've been way below poverty. I've lived among the poorest of the poor. And, and then I've experienced some degree of wealth and success and fame. And I'm still wrestling with that question, but I, I think the answer is found in Jesus mm-hmm. and just walking daily with Jesus and, and unloading all your baggage yeah. and pursuing him. Uh, one, of the, one of the mistakes I made in my life was I found that the biblical principles actually worked. Mm. And, and I was so excited to see felons and drug addicts and war veterans and, and people who grew up traumatized and broken, seeing their lives change 
through having a godly workplace, even if they weren't Christians. And I became frustrated and impatient when I didn't see people change. And, and mm. a lot of the problem was with me because I was expecting, I, I was looking for um, results in this life. Mm. And then recently I attended a wedding of a young man that I had been mentoring for eight years. And, and, and his life turned out right. And then occasionally I'll meet people that I met years ago and they'll tell me that you didn't, well, they won't tell me this, but I didn't think I did any good. <laughs> and they'll tell me, look, my life has changed because of this. Wow. And, and so ultimately what we've got to come to, if we don't want to be the, those who use the Bible in prayer to make ourselves rich and famous, is we've ultimately got to come to that, that we're doing this because we believe in the resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. We're not doing this so that we can have a reward now because there, there's times when you won't have a reward now. Hebrews 12, I'm sorry, Hebrews 11 talks about people who believed that they would see things, their dreams come to pass, and they died right. without their dreams coming to pass. Right. I've struggled a lot with PTSD. I struggle a lot with anxiety, with depression, and and I've been to therapists. I've I've gone through all kinds of of, of things, and um, I still am believing that God is going to heal me in this life. I think there was times when I was healthier, and then times when it was worse. But I do know that there's going to be a, a day, and I'm speaking things that um, to some of you, you're going, wow, he's pretty brave to say that because I struggle <laughs> with that too. You know, I struggle with wishing I was dead and thinking I'm worthless. And there, there, and, and, and it's all because of the depression and the anxiety and the, and the, the, the PTSD. There's going to be a day when you wake up and you're going to go, hey, it's gone. And, and you may not realize it at the moment, but you're going to be in the presence of Jesus and he's going to wipe away those tears and, the, and he's going to, there'll be no more sorrow and no more pain and no more crying. There'll be no more pleading for healing. Yeah. So you may experience it in this life. You may experience your dreams come true, your fulfillment of your dreams. You may experience reconciliation in your family and, but you may not, but there will be a day when you will, and, and so there will be, if we, if we pursue God with everything in us, there will be a reaping and there will be an eternal reward. Well, and we even talked about, <clears throat> on our walk this morning, we talked about the Apostle Paul saying, you know, if, if I could be cursed so that they would be saved, like, uh, or even, you know, like, I, I think when you get to a point where you're so, you're so hungry, you, you understand the hope that we have in salvation, that you could even get to the point to say, God, curse me, send me to hell so that my fa these people that I love, my family, my friends, these people that, that, that need you would find you. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a place, I don't know if I fully got, I, have, I don't think I fully Which got. Which is kind that. of what Jesus did. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Then, then God answers back and he says, yeah. I appreciate your, your willingness, <laughs> but... Right, right. But really, what, what they do, if they're disobedient, yeah. and the Bible does describe those who know God but don't obey God, right. that, that they're going to have to answer for 
what they do. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it, but uh, God's saying- That's not how it works. God's saying, son, don't take on their pain. Right, right. Don't take on pain that's not yours. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. Thank you guys for joining us on the podcast. And I truly do hope and pray that that as you listen, that you're encouraged in your spirit, that you are receiving some tools, um, adding some tools to your tool belt uh, so that you can live a life that is in deep pursuit of God, deep pursuit of the truth uh, through the word. And and let's close this podcast in some prayer and then we'll, uh, we'll call this one for today. So Lord, thank you uh, for everyone that is listening to this podcast. Thank you for being in the midst of our time and in our conversation, Lord, that that the words that come out of our mouth would be edification, that they would be edifying, uh, that they wouldn't be curses, but they would be blessings. And I just pray a blessing over everyone listening to this podcast. And for the the spirit of of honesty and transparency and uh, for a desire to grow and to grow closer to you and closer to each other, uh, brothers and sisters in, in you, And Lord, I just pray for a deep hunger for your word to be stirred up and that you would meet us where we're at, that you you promised to meet us there and, and that you would be faithful. So thank you, Lord, for each one listening to this podcast. We worship you in Jesus' name. See you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Leaders Podcast as we journey together toward healthy biblical leadership. If you're facing a particular challenge in your organization, please visit healthy-leaders.org. We would love to help you lead your organization to health.